Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Everything looks good. Good. What the hell, I hate remote recordings. Yeah, when me we, too. <laughs> when, we start, when we start the D and D thing, I'm letting Ethan take care of all the remote recording shit. I'm. Yeah, that's just, that's fair. No, I can't. I can't do this anymore. My brain is fucking fried. All right. Well, well it's 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 almost like you just started a, a new job and also yeah, have the, to fuck with remote recording bullshit. Yeah, on one of the busiest days of the year. Yeah. Yep. It's sad D- when I during walk up the to, fucking holidays. Yeah, when I walk up to the manager and he looks all shell shocked, like I don't know what the hell's going on. Just but, dazed. Yeah. All right, welcome everybody to Campfire Tales. Uh, I am Father Donathan. I'm Josh, also known as Tired of the Holidays. Yeah. Um. We're, we went on ahead and started recording. We're waiting on Ruben, um, but we needed to go ahead and get started. So we may get Ruben. We may not. We will see how this goes. But wanted to do a, a fun little uh, urban legend that uh, or conspiracy theory, however you want to take it, about uh, someone who's near and dear to, I think, everybody's heart. And oh, that yeah? is, yeah, that is the world famous... Happy little accident guy, Bob Ross. Oh. Yep. This is going to make me sad if somebody's trying to tarnish the name of Bob Ross. (laughs) Well, the urban legend is that Bob Ross was actually a serial killer. Okay. I love it. Go on. (laughs) So Bob Ross, uh, this is from LIC Merchant Blog. Um, uh, to be clear, co- this is going to be less of a conspiracy theory, I think, and more of a fan fiction, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> it, it started as a meme that has kind of taken the life of its own. Right, but, okay. Um, so this, the article is called Bob Ross Serial Killer, The Truth Behind the Rumors. So Bob Ross was a famous television painter who char- charmed millions of viewers with his soothing voice and gentle brush strokes. Should I do it all in Bob Ross voice? Yeah, absolutely. You should. <laughs> he created more than thirty million or thirty thousand paintings <laughs> in his lifetime, and taught countless people how to paint with the show joy painting. But there was a dark side to this beloved artist, or was there a dark side of this? Well, I can't do it. Uh, was he really a serial killer who hid his crimes behind his happy little <laughs> You, you got to do it. You got to do it in true crime voice. But <laughs> was there a dark side to this charming painter? Yeah. Um, was he, he charmed the entire world with his soothing voice and calm brush strokes until he yeah. didn't. <laughs> so, um, 
the rumors about Bob Ross being a serial killer started as a joke on the internet. Some people found it amusing to contrast his peaceful and positive persona with the image of a ruthless murderer. They created memes, videos, and stories that depicted him as a secret criminal or a harbinger of darkness. For example, one popular meme showed him painting a forest scene with the caption, and here's where I buried the bodies. Another video <laughs> I have voice. seen that. Another video edited his voice to make him sound sinister and added blood splatters to his paintings. Now, these jokes were meant to be harmless and ironic, but some people took them seriously and spread them as fact. They claimed that Bob Ross had a hidden past or a double life that he concealed from the public. They speculated that he killed people during his time in the Air Force and that he used his paintings as clues or confessions or that he had a secret basement where he tortured his victims. Some even suggested that he died Neat. from cancer, that he died from cancer because of karma or divine justice. Oh, my God. OK, see, that's taking the joke too far. Yeah. So the reality, I, I know this is going to this is going to come as a shock, is that Bob Ross was not a serial killer. He was. No, a kind, he was <laughs> the best, the best distance. He was a kind and gentle person who loved nature, animals, and art. He had a passion for teaching and inspiring others to express themselves creatively. He was also a devoted father, husband, and friend who cared deeply for his family and colleagues. There's no evidence that Bob Ross ever harmed anyone or committed any crimes. He did serve in the Air Force for 20 years, but he was never involved in combat or violence. And the hilarious thing is, if you ever look for a photo of Bob Ross in the Air Force... He did not have an afro, obviously. Oh, that's he hilarious. A, he was a clean... And in fact, he hated the afro. Really? And he hated it. And the people at the Joy of Painting basically made him keep it because that was his trademark. Everybody... Yeah, it's, the, the, it's the whole guy. reason that he's, a, that he's a Chia pet now. <laughs> um, he worked as a medical records technician and later as a first sergeant. He hated the military culture and vowed to never yell or raise his voice again after he left the service. Oh, he, he started painting as a hobby and learned the what's called wet on wet technique, which sounds dirtier than it is, uh, from his mentor, Bill Alexander. He developed his own style and personality and became famous for his show, The Joy of Painting, which ran from 1983 to 1994. He painted landscapes, seascapes, animals, and flowers with ease and grace. He encouraged the viewers to be happy and creative and to enjoy the process of painting. He died from lymphoma in 1995 at the age of 52. He was mourned by millions of fans who admired his work and his spirit. His legacy on, lives on through his paintings, his videos, and his foundation, and his cultural influence. Yet he never sold his paintings. Did you know that? No, I didn't. What year did nope. you say he died? 95. 95 okay year before i was born so maybe i'm bob ross yeah. reincarnated maybe it's possible no you're too angry to be bob ross reincarnated yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh so the only controversy that surrounds bob ross is not about his personal life but about his business dealings and his estate he had a partnership with annette and walt kowalski who helped him launch his show and his company bob ross inc they handled the marketing, distribution, and licensing of his products and services, and they also owned most of his paintings and trademarks. However, 
After Bob's death, there was a dispute between the Kowalskis and Bob's son, Steve Ross, who claimed that his father wanted him to inherit his intellectual property and his artistic legacy. Steve accused the Kowalskis of exploiting his father's name and image for profit and for preventing him from using or accessing his father's paintings and trademarks. He also alleged that they mistreated Bob's other family members and friends. So the Kowalskis denied these allegations and maintained that they had a legal right to Bob's assets and that they respected his wishes and legacies. Legacy. They argued that they had helped Bob achieve fame and success and that they protected his brand from unauthorized use or abuse. Now, the dispute has been ongoing um, for decades and has resulted in lawsuits, countersuits, settlements, appeals, and public statements. It has also been the subject of a recent documentary titled Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed, which explores the life and legacy of Bob Ross and his conf- the conflict over his estate. So we're going to have to do I'm, a second story. I'm real, I'm real tempted to believe his son on that, just for the record. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to end up having to do in a second story because this is a lot shorter than I thought. I expected Ruben. Um, yeah. So, Bob yeah. Ross, so the conclusion is Bob Ross was not a serial killer. He was a wonderful artist, teacher, and human being who brought joy and beauty to the world. He did not have a hidden past or a double life that he concealed from the public. He did not kill people or bury them under his happy little trees. He did have a complicated business relationship with his partners who controlled most of his assets and his death. He also had a son who fought for his rights and inheritance. These issues have caused controversy and conflict among those who claim to honor his memory. So, that's crazy that he never sold his paintings i did not know that yeah he uh he donated them or something or they're in a warehouse i can't remember because he oh, didn't okay. want to he didn't want to um he didn't want to profit basically from what i understand right yeah it's i think of of every painter that i know of or that i have like even any relative amount of familiarity with their work bob ross is one of maybe like two that i would actually want to to own one of their paintings right there is what i love it multiple stories i um found an article that said that science using an algorithm or different algorithm, a bunch of algorithms, uh, decided what the most popular songs of all time are. And oh, the yeah? top 50. Yeah. So I found an article. Well, I'm I not fucking do all run 50. it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, uh, Dr. Mick Grierson, a computer scientist and musician, married his love of music and science by conducting a scientific study to determine the 50 most iconic songs of all time. To obtain results, Dr. Grierson, along with scientists from Goldsmiths University, studied songs from seven various best songs of all time lists by using analytical software to compare their key, the the key that the songs are in, their beats per minute, Uh chord variety, lyrical content, timbral variety, and sonic variance against uh, one another. Dr. Uh, Grierson says, we found the most significant thing these songs have in common is that most of them use sound in a very varied, dynamic way when compared to other records. This makes the sound of the record exciting, holding the listener's attention. By the same token, the sounds these songs use and the way that they are combined is highly unique in each case. 
Now, while he may be confident the findings determine the top 50 songs of all time, Grierson is not able to provide a specific formula to musicians to ensure their next song is a hit. Ultimately, he says there are no formulas for this other than to make your song sound as different, diverse, and exciting as possible. So, like I said, we're not going to do the top 50. We're just going to do the top five. Yeah. I Do you want to... Maybe even the top 10. Do you want to guess what the most popular song would be? Um... Definitely something by Limp Bizkit. Um, <laughs> wow. It's It's got to be... I, it's there is a non-zero chance and i'm not even joking that fuck why can i not remember the name of the song god damn it it's Nookie it's or- there's a non-zero chance that it's all star by smash mouth <laughs> um let me just quickly i was thinking of a different one but that's way more likely <laughs> let me just quickly peruse the top 50 um, no, it's not on the list. It's not right. even on the list. Nope. Then this list means nothing. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go just the top 10. Number 10. All Sweet right. Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. That's fair. Uh, number nine is God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. That's annoying. Uh, number eight is I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. So this is all just going to be like classic rock. Um, The top ten is, yeah. I think the mm. algorithm's wrong. <laughs> well, okay, well, technically the entire... Well, you got to think, this is the most popular songs of all time. There's no yeah. way Taylor Taylor Swift is going to appear on because they use the algorithms of like when Rolling Stone produces their top 100 songs of all time. And when Variety or uh, Spin Magazine, all these different publications do their top songs of all time. That was one of the things. And then they would take them and start using science to kind of compare what each of these songs have in common and why they're in the top, you know. They're always on these lists. Well, well, they did it wrong. They could have just asked me. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Number seven is like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Actually fair. Uh, six is Hey Jude by the Beatles. I can't argue. <laughs> Number five, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen should be higher so originally released in 1975 as part of their as an at a night at the opera album queen's bohemian rhapsody has become an inescapable favorite peaking at number nine during its first run the song would go on to live multiple lives thanks to its inclusion in 1992's wayne's world and again in the oscar-winning biopic or biopic about the band bohemian rhapsody number four by the way i hate bohemian rhapsody just want to say what i it is one of the most overplayed songs in I've ever heard in my life, and I'm so sick of hearing it. So I, I agree that it's one of the most overplayed songs in the world. There are so it's many one of the only queen songs. ones, though. Oh, there are better Queen songs, absolutely, and Queen better appear again higher on this list. They don't, but 
Oh, fuck off. See, I, this algorithm's so wrong. <laughs> um, it's one of those songs that it genuinely does not matter to me how many times I hear it. I am going to go fucking nuts every single time. <laughs> okay, well, if, A, you've got to remember that um, in 1992, I was a junior uh, in high school. Yeah, and... I know. <laughs> so, uh, so number four... Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Again, I just, I can't really argue since it's about popularity, but. Better Michael Jackson songs, in my opinion. Yeah. So released January 2nd, 1983, Billie Jean only took three weeks to top the charts. Said to be inspired by claims made by groupies when he toured with the Jackson 5, the song written by Michael Jackson was the second single off his sixth studio album, Thriller. Number Damn, I didn't three. realize that Thriller was his sixth studio album. I thought it was I earlier. I didn't either. I thought it was his second. I thought it was Off the Wall and then Thriller, but I don't know. Yeah. He may have released a few when he was a kid that weren't part of the Jackson right. 5. Yeah. So number three, which is kind of a dark horse out of left field, is One by U2. Oh. Yeah. I don't like U2. <laughs> so release is the band's third single from their seventh album Achtung Baby the song is an extra special one for the group <laughs> as it credited for as it's credited for keeping them together after tensions flared with the creation of the album written by Bono and inspired by sounds created by guitarist Edge the song has found many meanings over the years each one helping fans mend their own relationships the number two song the number two most popular song. Most of popular all time. song of all time. Imagine by John Lennon. I, <laughs> you know, it, they, what's number one? Oh, hold on. So Imagine was the title track of John <laughs> Lennon's 1971 album and quickly became his most successful song as a solo artist, encouraging peace, love, and harmony for all. It's no wonder the song continues excuse me, to resonate with people today, including more than 200 artists who have covered it worldwide. That's a fucking generously low estimate. Oh, yeah. Well, how many people were in that Imagine video that Gal Gadot and Will Ferrell and all were part of during the quarantine? Oh, God, that happened, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. You can't erase oh, that. You you just hit me. You hit me with a, <laughs> a nasty flashback. <laughs> Fucking a. So, given the list, what do you think the number one song might be? Oh my god, um, the Soviet national anthem. Wow. Okay. Uh, Nirvana smells like Teen <laughs> Spirit. Uh, really? Okay. Really? With or without science, this hit tops a lot of lists. The lead single for Nirvana's 1991 album, Nevermind. The song skyrocketed to the top of the charts in multiple countries. The, quote, anthem for apathetic kids remains one of the greatest hits of all time and the most iconic, according to science. Yeah, Cindy and I kind of got into a debate about that when I was telling her about this, but uh, uh -huh. I, I don't think... I do not think that that is even the best Nirvana song. 
No. No. Famously, Kurt Cobain would tell people to go fuck themselves when they asked him to play it at shows. Right. To the point that they just started making fun of it on stage. Yes. Yeah. Same for uh, people asking Brendan Urie to do uh, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Right. There's there's a video of him like screaming fuck shit god damn it I hate this song over the iconic do 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 as the band plays it in and he's like I'm so fucking tired of doing this fucking song oh well imagine <laughs> it just goes right into it I mean it was just like uh, Jimmy Buffett Jimmy Buffett hated the song Margaritaville yeah he yeah but then he built his song. empire around it of course because it was and and the funny thing is is that most quote-unquote true jimmy buffett fans hate the song as well yeah uh and it's just i think all these people they become famous for one song or another and then that's the song that they're remembered by and that's the one song you know especially right. if you're an artist you sit there i made a you know you sit there thinking i made so many better songs than this Especially if it's one of right, your first songs. Right, it's never songs. the song that you're the most proud of that you're going to really pop off like that for. And they always get so mad about it, rightfully. Because you don't want your legacy to be a song that you feel just like, okay about, you know? Right. But, so I guess we're going to wrap up this episode. Um and move on uh we're recording this on christmas eve uh so the next time i keep forgetting it's christmas eve yeah i keep forgetting that it's christmas eve night anyways um sorry my inner michael mcdonald uh so (laughs) the next time we do a midweek we'll be in the new year or the next yeah, time we midweek drops after this will be a new yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll be recording on New Year's Eve. Let's see if Josh goes to sweating whiskey again. I don't drink anymore. It's New Year's Eve. Don't give me that. I have not had a drink <laughs> in six months, Don. I know. I'm just messing with you. Calm down. I I killed a bottle of whiskey. After the big breakup and my mom came over and uh, she looked next to next to my uh, sorry, I killed a bottle and a half of whiskey because I still had half a bottle uh, up here and I came and got it. And then I went and I got another one and my mom came over uh, or something. I don't remember exactly what. But uh, she came over and we were talking about everything and she looked at my end table and saw uh, uh, an empty bottle of Jameson next to an almost empty bottle of Jameson. And she didn't say shit about it the whole time she was here. She didn't say a word. She finally left. And as soon as she was out the door, I reached over and I grabbed that bottle and she opened the door again right after she walked out. And she pointed at the empty bottle and she pointed at the bottle in my hand and she said, don't fall into that bottle, son. And then just closed the door and walked away. And I was like, fuck, you (laughs) were right. (laughs) (laughs) So I finished that bottle that night (laughs) and then I have not had a drink since. 
So I came to a realization and my, between you and your breakup and Brandon and one of his breakups, uh-huh. if, if you have an American woman, okay, who you're, dies you're, for- You're in dangerous territory, no, no, Jonathan. No, no, no. Hear me out. If you have an American woman who is hardcore into anime and the Japanese lifestyle and uh-huh. dyes their hair strange colors- they're a danger. And you must Okay, be my ex never did that. She didn't dye she her had... hair strange colors. Her hair was two different colors, dude. Or am I remembering things? Oh, wrong okay, now? but like a, a split dye isn't that weird. Okay. All right. Well, I I do a split dye. Okay. Well, one of his girlfriends literally she had black hair. She dyed her hair bubblegum pink. Well, you know what? It's okay to have a type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sometimes that type is a bad type to have. And you need yeah, to evaluate Yeah, and your me type. and Brandon will live with our curses. <laughs> All right. <everybody. laughs> we didn't get to choose this, Don. It, we didn't get to choose this. It just, it, 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 it gets in you. deep. It gets in deep <laughs> when you're young. You can't escape it. You just have to live with this. It's the first time you hear that. Oh, oh, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm not having it. This is where we draw the line. This is where we draw the line. This is where the episode ends. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>